How do you know it'll work? Don't be negative. What matters is we come up with some pragmatic plan. We're taking a shot here. Hi, I'm Daryl. And I'm Petros. And welcome to episode 7 of Getting Defoe where from Heaven's Gate to the present day, join us as we get to know Willem Defoe in this dedicated Defoe podcast. So here we are, episode 7. We are closer to the end than we are to the beginning. And where are we now, Petros? We've got yet another um, quote-unquote erotic thriller on the lineup. So yeah, we've got well, we've got an, we've got an odd duck of a film. We've got a, a low budget espionage cyberpunk thriller where nobody has names, but everybody has duplicitous means of getting on in New Rose Hotel. That was my that was my Defoe voice. How's that coming along? I think, I you know, season one, early doors, isn't it, really? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was an interesting one, New Rose Hotel. Um, I'll be honest, it hooked me in by, by the, 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 the thought of Christopher Walken in an erotic thriller, but what we got wasn't really erotic. And I don't know if it was even that much of a thriller either. <laughs> Um, but it was much more, as we were saying earlier, sort of lo-fi, cyberpunk, espionage. Um, so a bit of a bit of an odd duck, this film. Um, obviously, we'll we'll get into that in the episode as well. But yeah, um, a, a, a bit of a strange one. I don't know that any of us really knew what to make of this film. Oh yeah, Igrain, our fantastic guest from the What a Screen podcast. I think you'll hear pretty pretty quickly was perplexed by this film and that's that's, that's no slight on her whatsoever I, I I totally I totally understand it I I I totally get it this is um we try we try we try ladies and gentlemen to explain what this film is about um maybe we fail maybe you can let us know if we do you can get you can get in touch with us Willem Dafoe's character's name in this as well is X you so you can find us on X or formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads at Defoe Pod, or you can drop us an email if you if you are a big Abel Ferraro devotee, if you're a big New Rose Hotel devotee, do drop us an email, which is defoeupod at gmail.com. Remember, always be a defriend, never be a defoe, and get involved. Absolutely. Get involved. Speaking of getting involved, it's time to get involved. And check into this bloody episode. It's New Rose Hotel. So we've got a lovely one coming up for you. We hope you enjoy it. We will check back in with you at the end for our thoughts in the outro. But we will see you shortly. Enjoy. Ta-ta. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about Willem. Getting to like you by watching all your films. So this week, we venture to 1999 to discuss the erotic drama New Rose Hotel. The foe plays X, a businessman hired to steal secrets from a rival. Now helping us get to know Defoe a little better this week and see if this movie will be smelling like roses or if we'll be checking out of this hotel is Egrain from the What A Scream podcast. Egrain, how the devil 
are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me to come on and talk about an actor that I don't really ever think about, but sure, look, here I am, <laughs> thinking about him. <laughs> That's absolutely grand. Well, we're calling this our sort of Defoe commotion train, and there's lots of carriages, and, you know, I think it makes for more interesting listening. If we, if everyone was a Defoe fan, then I think the... the our format wouldn't last past a season. <laughs> it's we're, we're kind of in a Defoe rabbit hole at the moment. We're getting very well accustomed with his face. This is basically our personalities now. You know, we were talking about who of us has like ADHD and that before the record. I think we all do. So we're all in very good company. <laughs> um, in very good company here today. But we're always keen to know with our guests, how well do you know Defoe? So with that, we throw the broad net of a question out uh Egren, do you recall uh, your first Defoe film how many you might have seen what are your general views on the man I am pretty sure the first film that I can remember seeing Defoe in was Antichrist um Ooh. which is quite the introduction to him I guess <laughs> quite quite a full frontal introduction and it yeah it was either that and it might have been around the same time as Spider-Man when he was playing Green Goblin so sure. that was my my it was either you know super Marvel comic book Goblin or it was a, a Lars von Trier film and I want to say that like apart from the film today I may have only seen him in about three films Wow. The wow. the full range of Defoe though, right? Green <laughs> Goblin to Antichrist is kind of like the the width and breadth of his career. And no, no, pun intended there as well. <laughs> the length of his career as well. Bloody hell. But you know what? I might have seen loads of other films with him in it, but it's just, this is so terrible to say, but he's just one of those actors that I don't really pay attention to. So he could have been in a film and I could have been like, ah, yeah, there's your lad. Like, cool. <laughs> oh, that's your boy right there. <laughs> no, that's grand. I mean, I think we're finding out very... Uh, I think this is going to be a very um, prominent sticking point with the people who've seen the faux films. I think everyone's seen Spider-Man from 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, Surely. you'd hope so. You'd hope so. It's cinema. Has everyone seen Antichrist? I don't know. Like I said, an absolute Defoe spectrum, a, a despectrum, yeah. if you will. <laughs> yeah, I still have to introduce it to my husband, actually. It's one of those films that I'm like, I need him to watch, and I need to watch his face while he's watching it. And <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to save that for like an anniversary or something, maybe. <laughs> Your birthday. Be like, it's my birthday. It's my pick. <laughs> you have to watch this film. <laughs> those are the rules <laughs> man what a birthday if you can like do like a live tweet stream as well um <laughs> no, i don't want to impose um our, our phobian will um on on your <laughs> in your situation or anything there but i think that'd be very interesting the next day it would be like oh i'm going for a divorce like he's putting See, at time of recording, Daryl has not seen Antichrist. So yeah. I can see in his eyes, dear listener, the absolute look of terror and fear of like <laughs> kind of a nervous chuckle to be like, I'm saying all this stuff. And the way Igraine is, <laughs> is, is talking about the film, I'm going to be a changed man. And it's, it's, it's filling me with so much excitement to, to know what Daryl has postponed. It's going to be upon him very, yeah, in a matter of mere weeks. You know, you see those like before and after photos photographs of like people who are addicted to like alcohol or like drugs i need a before and after photograph of like 
before Antichrist and after Antichrist. Yeah, yeah Daryl's going to have a white streak in his hair. Like the day after, just a, a pure shock. Oh, God, I think that can be arranged. Keep an eye on the socials, people. Um, I won't be the same man after I watch this film. From what I've heard on the internet, at least, I don't know anything about it. But this is, we're going to finish our season on Antichrist. So whether we're going to make it to season two, I might not be here if Petros has to be. Um, so that'll be very exciting all the same now speaking of things that are exciting one of my favorite bits of the episode one of favorite bits of the show in general uh petros we now hand over to you for oh you guessed it this movie's the facts and the figures oh have i got some de facts and the figures for you ladies and gentlemen and anyone in between we have this film is directed by Abel Ferrara and is written by Abel Ferrara along with Chris Zoyce, based on a short story by William Gibson of the same name. Uh, the film stars Christopher Walken, Aja Argento, Yoshitama Amano and our boy Willem Dafoe. Uh, the film was released when it premiered at the Venice Film Festival on the 9th of September 1998 and was released a year later in a wide for the US. The film's budget is nowhere to be found, but the box office return is a meager $21,521. It currently holds a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 19% on Rotten Tomatoes off of 16 critic reviews, and an audience score of 38 with over 1,000 reviews. The critic consensus for this, there isn't one, but I pulled a little quote from one of the reviewers, which says, masterfully constructed and yet eventually rather wearisome. We get our first Defoe sighting in this film. For my money, at 37 seconds in, but it's basically the first thing we see on screen. Uh, as for, yeah after we get the title cards and all, all that malarkey. And his first line is, how do you propose we do that? At uh, 8 minutes and 18 seconds. Delightful. So the full synopsis. The New Rose Hotel, it tells the story of two businessmen hired to lure a scientific genius away from his family who use a hired call girl to do so. Uh, now, Egan, I think you touched on this might be um uh, a first time view for you but i suppose i'll ask the question officially um have you seen this one before and obviously we'll break it down as we get along but um what were your first impressions of new rose hotel as well so i literally watched this for the first time three hours ago um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, like i went you know reading up about it beforehand it was like it's this cyber neo noir ish kind of thriller erotic blah 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 blah. and i was like okay yeah i can get behind this you know it's not my usual genre but i can get behind this big fan of like that weird you know late 90s early 2000s like look so i was like you know i'll try it. and it was just so dull like <laughs> just dull and I was waiting for the, the thriller part to kick in and the erotic part to, th to kick in. I was just like, oh, no, I just I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, no. That was my impression. <laughs> oh, that's that's um, I, I, I think we, we 
certainly I don't want to speak for Petros or put any words in his mouth. Please don't. I, and I wouldn't dare, Petros. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, Ephraim, we may share some similar viewpoints on this. Um, I mean, off the bat, I'll sort of say I feel a little bit guilty because I, I sort of persuaded my other half to watch this one with me. Um, on the alluring basis, I was like, it's an erotic thriller um, because she is a fan of a spicy book. I know that's... Um, uh, what, the, what the kids are into these days, he said, sounding a thousand years old. And then we we were like half an hour in, and both of us were just like, uh, um, uh, I don't know what's going on in this film. <laughs> and that kind of extended for the next hour as well. And every now and then, Christopher Walken would do a very funny jig on his cane. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, this is this is the film that we're in for now. Petros, your your first impressions on this one. Oh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be out on an island here. I enjoyed this film Ooh. for what it was. For what it was, uh, I, I met this film and what it was doing, and I think doing my research for it as well helped me enjoy it somewhat a little bit more. I just found it to be quite. It's interesting because I, I I like this thing of just I like these films about these I don't know despicable men and the fact that it's like it's cyberpunk in the way that I don't know it's it's just a slight step into the future and, and the way that you, you can imagine it's budgetary constraints they use like v, like video footage as opposed to film and stuff like that um yeah I just I, 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 I come on if you've got Willem Dafoe and Christopher Walken just shooting the shit for an hour. I'll, I'll take that. I mean, you you sound thrilled by this movie. <laughs> I, I, I must preface this by I watched this whilst suffering with terrible toothache and hopped up on a load of pain medication. So that may be uh, clouding my judgment somewhat. But, you know, like, I I probably sound too enthusiastic. I I just think I'm uh, a bit more warmer on this film than the both of you. So you literally could have been watching a brick wall. And you would have been like, this is the best shit I've ever seen. Probably, this is literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just, I, I can't deal with films that are conversation after conversation after conversation. And you're like, what is the point of all this dialogue? Because it's not bringing us anywhere. It's not doing us anything. It's just Christopher Walken. Like, someone has gone to Christopher Walken being like, hey, I need you to be Christopher Walken in this film. And he's gone, okay. And it's just shooting off all this dialogue, getting these little dance bits in every now and then. And yeah, I just, it for me, it felt like, someone had just given them like there was no there was no script they were just like oh just say whatever you want to say and i think aja argento lost it in several scenes she was banging on about something and i was like what is she on about like i have no clue what she's talking about does this serve anything to the plot absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like in my my notes you know I, i i try to sort of i sort of make too many notes because i I have the memory of a goldfish, basically. So I um, just forget what has happened. And as I sort of was scanning through my notes earlier, and I was like, these are the scribblings of a madman, these notes. These make no sense. And at about four different points, I have just outright wrote in capital letters, I don't have any idea what is going on, which... See, I, I, I think that the film is very simple in the fact that it's like, these guys have this plan 
to obviously create a honey trap using Azure Argento's Sandy in this kind of corporate espionage way of instead of like whereas now people would be like stealing ideas right from other companies in this kind of near future they literally just steal the people so they're doing that and then we get yeah we get the last 20 minutes which is basically like a fever dream of Willem Dafoe going Oh, did it all happen or was it all in my mind? Like, was I the one being played? Yeah, you just, he crawls into a little room and he, you know, just thinks. He's like, this was a visual representation of Peter Kay's stand-up comedy. All he does is remember. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, no disrespect if you like Peter Kay, but it was 20 minutes of Willem Dafoe in a leather jacket and a soul patch just remembering and rubbing himself raw. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like they got to the last 20 minutes and were like shit there's no erotica in this we've sold it as an erotic thriller and there's no erotica quick put in all his memories quick do it lads <laughs> and it was just like what is going on like... I, I feel like Abel, Abel Ferrara was just like right lads I'm going to be honest we've absolutely fucked it uh, Defoe I, I need you to go fucking hog crazy right now and We've got about 15 minutes of, of, of movie left to fill. But even at, like, the start of, of the movie, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of it's, it's kind of weird because I saw someone online describe it as, um, in its own way, very much like a time capsule of the period. It, it's so aesthetically 90s, even though it's very sort of, um, uh, like, lo-fi with the, the cyberpunk and futuristic elements. Uh, and it's very much of the time, so... Um, <laughs> You know, again, I, I refer to the for soul good patch. reason. No one wants a soul patch anymore. Like, no, don't bring <laughs> that back. I know nineties and early two thousand six coming yeah. back, but don't bring the soul. Leave that. Leave that in the past. I think I'm going to bring the soul patch back. I think don't could... do it. Is this your before and after Antichrist thing? Like, <laughs> after Antichrist, you have like a bit of a, a breakdown and decide to have a soul patch. <laughs> this might be <laughs> after like Antichrist soul patch. Life podcast crisis as everything everything just builds up to antichrist now so i think i'm gonna go into antichrist with a soul patch um i think i'm just gonna get handheld cameras are they coming back is the handheld camera coming back because there's a lot of handheld cameras in this i just felt like i was just watching trying to make a futuristic mtv episode like the the, <laughs> the opening credits this sort of set me in i think just the wrong uh, direction for this movie straight away they spelled music with a k and out loud I went, oh, fuck, no. Oh, no, no, that's no. Not- that's because it had the English, Jap- had German at the top, Japanese in the middle, and then English was the bottom all at the same time. So it had it had, it had it spelt correct. It had it spelt the English way. Uh, I didn't know where to look in those credits. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. They had credits coming, going from the left, from the right. I felt sick. All right, I felt like a sick little boy, and I didn't like it. Credits just appear on the screen or go from the bottom to the top. I'm not asking much. I've never made a film. I've got no skin in the game. But you can't have contrasting left and right credits. It makes me mad, all right? And I'm feeling flustered. Is there anyone here that enjoy the credits? Because I I didn't. They were serviceable. I don't even remember them. Which is my basic thoughts on this film is I don't even remember it. So and it was only three hours ago. That says so much in so few words. I think I feel like Petros, and maybe 
you know, I said, you, you know, you will openly admit that you've had some pain medication to watch this movie. I feel maybe I needed it to inhale uh, the vapors of this movie a little more. But I did. You seem to have a bit of a more of a grasp of the plot than I think that either myself or Egrain did. Because I think I agree with what you said, Egrain. It did seem like at various points they were just in rooms and talking. And every now and then, people were getting a little bit horny, but not so much as, I think, to justify calling it an erotic thriller. So th- these characters, um, Fox played by Christopher Walken and X played by Willem Dafoe, what, they, they, they are corporate man-stealers? Is this what they are? This, this is what the, their thing is? Because I, I could yeah. not keep track of who was who in this. They're somewhat headhunters... And like the fixers to obviously they yeah they're like a they're a company then they obviously outsource to the guys who actually do the kidnapping I think we see an exchange with those guys they go to the company that they're going to poach the person to yeah I, I like I get it it is it is it is confusing and as as I said like it it was my kind of reading of the actual like story by William Gibson that helped me like to understand it a bit. I didn't actually read the story itself. I just read the plot on Wikipedia, yeah. like the legend I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Wikipedia is only like a paragraph. I need more. I need an ending yeah. explained page. That's what. That's why you go. That's why you go to the the actual story. The actual story has uh, has a few more has a few more paragraphs going on. Yeah, I, I, like what I found was is it's like a thriller, but showing you and much to obviously Igraine chagrin here. <laughs> It shows you the conversations between the action as opposed to showing you the action itself. So, and I, I don't know why. Maybe in my drug-addled state, that was kind of that. That was the level I needed. I think too much bombast and swinging around probably would have made me like be sick. <laughs> well, apparently, I needed some medication to survive the credits. <laughs> like my my notes about the credits, just one word unacceptable <laughs> stop getting hung up on the credits Dan. i am hung up on the credits i never i never thought this would be me i didn't think this is the kind of man that i'd become what would what would a young me say what would 20 year old me 15 year old me say if they could see me now sad bitter credit adult old man i got really confused with all the like geographical locations because they were like now we're in tokyo now we're in marrakesh now we're in venice and maybe berlin as well and it's just like what but yet yeah. like in every single every single like one of these places like in marrakesh and tokyo mainly white people i'm like what is going on here obviously it was literally just like a studio in california somewhere they were just like (laughs) if we say it's marrakesh it must be marrakesh (laughs) yeah the classic hollywood thing like well we'll just use like a bird's eye high angle shot of a city (laughs) it'll be fine probably no one's going to question it I, th- I think it was supposed to be, uh, unless they outright stated that they were going somewhere, I think it's meant to be that kind of futuristic cyberpunk thing of just, this building's got a big neon strip on it. Whoa, the future, baby. <laughs> so I don't know where they were supposed to be necessarily, but they had dealings with, or they, they were at least contracted Fox and X. I'm trying to think of like the, the, uh, the is it Mass or Moss? They were sort of contracted to because they had to go and get Hiroshi, who seems to be like this super genius, has made some kind of, like, super computer chip or something that Defoe just looks at and remembers for about half the film. <laughs> did, did anyone follow that, what, what, what Hiroshi did? 
Yeah, it's just shit out of his job, and apparently not. It, what do they keep calling his wife as well? Like a battle axe or something? And like saying like he's not happy. I, I, I didn't quite get the kind of machinations of that of like because they showed they like we only see Hiroshi through this kind of surveillance footage, right? And yeah. it's like oh, I don't know, like was his life that bad? Like that. See, see now the negativity, negativity, and the drugs wearing off is. Maybe I'm going to end up being swung by you guys. God damn it! <laughs> that's, that's what I do. I bring people down. Yeah, cynicism's just soaking in. Um, yeah, I just I because we see Hiroshi and then Willem Dafoe as well staring at this massive microchip thing, mm. and it's like, but what is that? And then all of a sudden, there's like a manufactured virus, and they're like, virus, virus, ah, virus. And I was like, where is this virus coming from? Like, what is, what is, I just, there was just, it was like they threw everything and hoped that something stuck to the wall. So I want to know, like, is this a preface for like a zombie outbreak or what is going on? Um, I think that should be the tagline of this film is like, what is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) New Rose Hotel. It's really no premiere in. Which I think (laughs) would be my, my sort of tagline. Yeah, there seemed to be like a few threads sort of going on. I see, we're... They're trying to get Hiroshi because he's at a, a conference, or his wife is at a conference, or something. So there's a there's a Sandy who they find at the bar who's singing, and they're at that bar and it's all red lit at the start. And my notes say everyone's on the verge of fucking, but no one's doing it. Um, yeah, well, we got Defoe looks like he's in some kind of frapple situation. Oh yeah, at one point, like. Yeah, we kind of see the back of him. It's all kind of, yeah, it's all kind of very sordid and sleazy. And I, I guess it's like, because obviously the, the the women we see, apart from Sandy, are basically like everyone is commodifiable, right? In the fact of like, they're essentially, every other woman we see is a sex worker, for instance, apart from the wife. Mm-hmm. And there's the woman who gives them like the tip on Hiroshi at the beginning as well. And then I, I I guess like the themes of the film, they're just trying to say like, it, I don't know, like, yeah, everyone is just kind of for sale in this. Even if, even if we like to think we're not, we probably, we, we, act, we definitely are. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is what it was trying to say. Um, and I think it takes, you know, a considerably smarter brain than me to sort of pick up on the the subtext that we're all transactable and this sort of world is based on, like, I guess, like, transactions and is it the whole thing that everyone's got a price? Um, and something about they synthesise viruses. I mean, I don't know if that's supposed to mean something else i mean what i feel what my concern is about this movie because i you know i think it's not a spoiler to say that um i wasn't massively taken with it in case you didn't realize so far but then i started looking at some like reviews online because i leave a little letterboxed review you know post little digital footprints and i'll sort of jump ahead here and say that i gave it one and a half stars and what i said was i did not understand a damn thing that happened in this movie but willem dafoe has a soul patch so they get an extra half star for that. That was my review. And then I started reading other people's reviews, giving it, um, you know, respect to them, giving it five stars and four stars. And if you, I went down this rabbit hole of reading other people's reviews. And I came away from it. And I think, I thought to myself, I think I'm a fucking idiot. I think, I think I'm, I, I just didn't get this at all. 
I'm so glad I wasn't the only one. I was just like, am I? Am I the problem here? Am I stupid? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I question myself like several times a day anyway, but like after that film, I was just like, the only thing that I could get of, that don't ask me to expand on this because I just can't be arsed, but was it kind of like anxiety surrounding technology and the advancement of technology? Which I could kind of see, you know, the end shot where Defoe is like looking at the screen and he's all like, Ugh, and like he's freaking out about sandy or whatever i was like oh i can kind of relate that to now people being on their screens freaking out about things you know that they see on the screen but uh, it's not like i even care to go further into that either yeah yeah i i, I completely sort of get where you're coming from there Obviously, i i, I feel like I, I need one of those articles which is like new rose hotel ending explained because i <laughs> i i will put my hands up and say sometimes you know stylistic if you want to do a film in a stylistic way, that's absolutely fine. And if you want to use um, subtext to sort of tell this, uh, like a different story and have these kind of like threads about what things are and viewpoints on the world, that's fine. But sometimes you got to spoon feed the baby and I am the baby and I need an aeroplane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I need an information aeroplane to sort of tell me like what's going on. Because I just felt like a like a, like a big poopy dum dum boy watching this, and I was like, I don't get it, and now I want a soul patch, and I don't know why. <laughs> um, well, is that like? Let me kind of try and be like steer this in a positive direction, if if we can, if if, I'll, I'll if it's it. even salvageable. Um, Igraine, is there is there was there any moments or any performances in this that that, that you enjoyed in in any, any way? I wouldn't say enjoy, right? But there was a scene that made me laugh out loud very, like, gave me a bit of a chuckle. It's this, and this makes me sound really horrible. It's the scene where um, Fox kills himself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so brief and it's so fleeting. He's basically like, wee by wee, and then falls to his death. And it's just like, did that just happen? Like, that was so, like, it was just... <laughs> so weird and fleeting and all of a sudden and then it just moves on and you're like oh, okay bye like our main character has just thrown himself off a ledge and he's just so like yeah it was almost cartoonish the way it was carried out so that i will give it that that did give me a chuckle maybe he forgot he wasn't in the weapon of choice video and like he'd fly at that moment oh that that scene did make me laugh as well. I mean, I will admit that I mean, initially um, I sort of missed that because by this point I was I was kind of checking out of the film a little bit. And then I looked up and Christopher Walken was just in a bloody heap on the floor. And I was like, the fuck? Do you, what? So I rewound it about a minute. And I, st I still, I think at the time, didn't really understand why, why, why he did it. But then he jumped off and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I, I think the reason he did it is his character is, like, his life is the game, right? The action is the juice for him. Like, being this kind of corporate fixer, like, s stealing people is, 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 is all he's about. And seeing it as, like, this big $100 million deal that they're about to do just went pear-shaped. He's like, well, I've got nothing else to live for. And yeah, but it's, it's, it's a mad way that he just like does it instantly. <laughs> and like, you know, for, for, for about 30 seconds I thought to myself, you know what? Cinema is real. 
<laughs> this is fantastic stuff and i wish i could just like a gif that just like gif that moment of christopher walken jumping because the way he does it as well and I, and i will say this like i you know I, I i don't use a cane and i don't want to speak for the way that people use canes to sort of get around but he skips around on that cane in one of the merriest ways i've ever fucking seen he's, he's got a spring in his step he's like quite quite bouncy when he sort of moves around in that cane as well and then the he just jumped like he fucking eats himself off that building <laughs> right i mean i don't know it, it, if this clip exists on like youtube or anything listen if it does you don't need the context of the film just find this clip of like christopher walking absolutely killing himself because it is fantastic and i'm this is, I think someone touched on it earlier, like the whole sort of end of the film is them just remembering things, but it's all like extended versions of scenes that we've seen before to give it a bit more context, and we'll sort of get into that in just a moment. But then there's sort of a twist that sort of happens where it's... I think the reveal is supposed to be that Sandy has been playing the two of them the whole time. Um, That's what I got from it, yeah. I think that was supposed to be the thing. But all I think about, because I have an idiot brain... It's Christopher Walken in his little stupid hat and he's and he's like his big baggy nineties like white suit jumping off that building saying, I'm gonna fucking kill myself, eat and then he just <laughs> it's I can't you know what, maybe I love this film. <laughs> <laughs> oh the tides have turned. <laughs> I think I think I've taught myself around. <laughs> I hate I now hate it. Daryl loves it. <laughs> Power of cinema, baby. Balanced as all things should be. There was one other scene that did make me laugh. And this speaks more to my own immaturity, and I, I will fully hold my hands up and say that. But there was a scene earlier where they are, uh, again, Fox and X, they're talking about something. I don't know. They're always bloody talking about this. But then Fox is showing X to foe this video, and it's of, like, women's breasts. And Defoe, not once but twice, goes, Woo! That fucking got me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had to. Like, he has to do a woo in all of his films. Perhaps <laughs> not Antichrist. I don't think there's one in that. But he's always got to do, like, a bit of a woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, and I think the video he's showing him as well is they've got surveillance footage to show, like, what a shagger Hiroshi is as well. So to be yeah. like, he's definitely corruptible. We can definitely kind of we can you know and the dialogue in this some of it like some of the stuff you pick out is a, there are moments which like yeah i think add to the confusion but uh christopher walken saying oh the deal went so well i wrote a haiku uh, a, a dog uh, with a with a, a shirt on and a tie walks into a bar and says to the bartender i'll have uh, a whiskey and a toilet bowl Ah ha ha! Ah ha! It's a it's a haiku. It's a haiku. It's like what the fuck is this? But I found myself chuckling. That and him, we hear it not once but twice in this film. Christopher Walken. We hear it in the flashback as well. It's Christopher Walken says, and he'll live out his life doing what he loves, hot research and hot nookie. And he's like, what the fuck is like? What the? Fuck? I just like the way he says words. Yeah, yeah. He's got great turns of phrases. Is it? Is it like um? He says he, say, he says about someone who's like uh, they're as they're, they're as tight as a cat's ass, and you're the lubricant. <laughs> There's no way that was scripted. <laughs> Absolutely no way that was scripted. 
you get Christopher Walken onto a film, you've got you've got to let Walken be Walken. You got to... I, re- I re- yeah, I reckon Walken is is got it in his thing. He's like, if there's any chance I can mention an ass, post Pulp Fiction, do you know what I mean? After the the famous watch, like he kept the watch in his ass. I kept the watch in my ass. He's like, if if there's any 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 illusions talking about a bum, I'll do it. Dirty Christopher Walken. <laughs> You gotta let me walk on the walking and talk on the talk and hey, there's something. There was something else he said. A little turn of phrase from walking. There's that weird celebration that they're having with the four or five geisha girls, and he's got that paper crown on, and then he he describes sex as giggy giggy. And I was like, is, are you Quagmire? <laughs> is is that where all this came from? I mean, like I. Th- the way the film was going, like, I thought we were going to end up getting a full-on, like, walk and sex scene at some point because he was up there as a quite a horny guy himself. But then it seemed to uh, all go to X. Cause they're all given sort of different tasks, uh, sort of mission that they're on, I guess. You know, Fox is going to be sort of like the brains of the thing. Uh, Sandy's going to be the person who woos Hiroshi away from his family and X is supposed to be the one who's, uh, I think, teaching Sandy how to um, uh, be sort of flirtatious with Hiroshi as well. I, I suppose, like, Egrand, I suppose, casting your mind to what it is you recall about the film. Did the sort of X um, and Sandy sort of kind of love relationship angle in the film sort of work for you? Absolutely not. It was so <laughs> pointless. Like, he's like, oh, I'm here to teach you how to seduce. I'm like, dude, this is her bread and butter. This is what she does for a living. She knows how to seduce people. Like, the fact that they treated her... Uh, perhaps this is the writing as well. They treated her character as just stupid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was just... It was pointless and... Uh, I No, I couldn't get my head around it. I was like, this wouldn't happen in real life. Like, someone like this... They don't need <coughs> to be taught how to seduce. Yeah, completely unbelievable for me. And... Yeah, I mean, could you imagine Willem Dafoe's face at you when we're talking about seduction? I don't think so. (laughs) Every day on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, because originally there's a script of this, like, well, originally it's going to be directed by Catherine Bigelow, and then there was a script in 1996 by Zoe Lund, and I feel like this definitely needed a female co-writer or a female writer for this because i think abel ferrara left to his own devices especially when it comes to to female characters it just becomes the worst like i like kind of drift back to my mind's eye of his commentary to his film uh king of new york and he just like he's kind of says abhorrent things about about like do, do you know what i mean he's he's ends up just talking about oh yeah that 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 woman's really sexy and stuff like that so this is a guy in his personal life so yeah i guess when it comes to like writing female characters it's just like paper thin and that's kind of agio argento gets nothing to do in this really she's got she's got she's such a dense character and it's like the dialogue she has like there's one point where i don't know they're in like a pool or something i don't know she's trying to get up the steps and willem defoe's girding at her or whatever and she's like and my mother and my grandmother in naples it was naples naples and you're like what like what is this what and then like 20 minutes from the end he's having flashbacks and again it's naples 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 and i'm like what is this thing about naples like it's just her dialogue was just so weird like yeah just as if 
literally like I said before as if they were like well we didn't write anything for you so could you just could you just improvise their love for us go on go on and she's like eh? <laughs> yeah I think because that whole end sequence is supposed to be like we're getting like these contradictory stories from her as well right and it's I, I guess that is supposed to be the whole thing of like the do you know what I mean like what do we remember what is real and like I don't know I think I think it's pretty clear cut it's just done in a really confusing way and that's what kind of like I can see this like le- like leaving a lot of the audience behind yeah I, I suppose with that I suppose it's supposed to be the, the angle of the Sandy backstory being confusing. I can't remember if she says it initially in the pool or when it's like the flashback sequence of the pool. As you were saying, Igreen, it was like she had like a mother was Dutch. The father said father was French. Her uncle is American. She said her father was there. And then she said the father wasn't there. She said that she lived somewhere in Italy. So there's all this kind of contradiction in her own story. But Willem Dafoe all the blood is in his penis at the time and he's just not <laughs> listening to sort of what's going on. And I don't know if it's kind of thing that some of these signs are meant to be, like, obvious that there's, like, the twist coming with Sandy because I think what happens, sort of going back to why Fox yeets into the great beyond, I think they get surrounded by some some kind of corporate goons or something and then they seem to sort of work out that Sandy sold them out, that she got uh, she was in Vienna because I think X was saying like oh you need to get out of here he said like oh we need to make sure her plane stops in Vienna on the way to Marrakesh I think and that appears to be where she's given all these people this information on them but I think by that point you know you're sort of talking about I guess more about the ending here I sort of didn't really like not that I understood what was really going on in the first place if that wasn't clear already but then by the time of the ending um, or like the kind of whole last 20 minutes of it where it's like an elongated recap of what's already seen to add mm-hmm. I don't know like more context or this is meant when when some of the twists are supposed to start coming you know eager and again just to throw it back to you like I said because I kind of checked out by this point but when this whole starts happening and it's the elongated recap flashback thing that's sort of going on there did that paint the film in a more expository like oh okay now i sort of understand what's going on or were you like cynical old me here and like come on please what no like i'm exactly with you here (laughs) it's it still made zero sense you know what could have worked for them if they'd done like a saw slash seven recap where it was all this like dark music instead of like just having Willem Dafoe be off it was (laughs) it would have just made more sense but yeah it didn't it was just so like they just tacked it on at the end like Mm -hmm. oh she did him dirty and then like there was one point where X is doing this another one of his monologues where he's like seduce him make him fall in love with you blah 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 and you see her face although really you'd think if it was trying to say like she was using that monologue to act towards Willem Dafoe's character surely she would have looked a bit more kind of like instead of just complete blank I think yeah it just it did nothing for me it didn't explain anything it didn't clear up anything and by that time i had definitely checked out to the point where i was probably playing tetris on my phone not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean same question for you petros because as far as this film is concerned you you are sort of the angel on my shoulder my guiding light about what the hell was going on did did sort of the ending you know make it make sense for you as well 
Yeah, I think so. I think, and I think, I think Ukraine has pulled like the the key line in that is like the kind of the the reusing of that like usual wiles or whatever to to seduce them to get what you want, like to to get him to run away with you, and then it's like, oh yeah, that she is that just it's it's that age old just double cross. Like, I don't think that's all it is. Like, and that's what I mean. It's an unnecessarily confusing film for how simple the plot actually is. Do you know what I mean? Try and do a job. It's, think think that you're going one way. You're playing this person. Oh, no. The person you think you've hired to do the job is actually double-crossing you. It just goes about it in this kind of bizarro way. Can I ask why she was double-crossing? Did she take the money? I'd imagine she would have... Yeah, she would have it- got a deal herself all right because it never explained why like what was the reason for her double cross other than she was just having the crack like that and i think there is this thing that there is like they've made an assumption from the way that they treat women as well that they're all kind of like because you get it with fox right he's there like pointing at her going like oh look at the state of your boots like they're a chinese oh, knockoff yeah, like yeah. and they've just like i don't know i think it's that thing of like oh you've massively underestimated me and you think that just and i think she says as well in that flashback that her dad used to work for Hosaka, the company that they're trying to steal him from and i think like kind of defoe is kind of pussy struck to the fact for a want of a better term that he kind of forgets those details and he's just kind of all encompassed by her to the fact that he kind of whereas fox is all about the deal he kind of like drifts off and gets basically falls for the honey trap himself and 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 fucks it for them didn't realize they're being played that's what i got from it at least Hmm. Yeah, I think as you said there, there is that scene where Fox is kind of, I think like a little braggadocious because he's like, oh, your general appearance, you know, we need to sort of judge this up a little bit. And then he he has that whole bragging thing of like, our thing is like attention to detail. Uh, then I suppose they the, the biggest detail they didn't realise was that Sandy well, the whole time was playing then. But again, I don't really know. I'm not really sure why though. I'm not, I'm not I don't know if the flashbacks really explain that, and I don't know if it was something because I suppose as well the whole thing with her seducing Hiroshi that was all done off screen as well, and then as you, as we said earlier, Hiroshi's only ever seen in these um uh, like this like grainy sort of footage to give this idea that he's you know sad in life, sad in business, sad in his family, and they only ever get these like descriptions of him and I think the one the one note I made that is that someone. I think Sandy describes his penis as nice and Japanese. That's that's about as much about Hiroshi as I know from this film. So I don't know if I kind of wanted like I don't know to see like more of the seduction kind of side of things cuz I don't know I I I think like I felt like I was just missing something from this film to make it click a bit more for me. Did did, did you want to see like more of the uh, like Hiroshi angle or were you for lack of a better word agreeing like satisfied with the whole off-screen sort of side of it no i would have preferred the hiroshi yeah i would prefer to see more of the hiroshi um side of things again just to give sandy a bit more of like character development maybe then i would have believed more of her double crossing if we'd seen that yeah but like was that because of uh budgetary constraints i'm guessing maybe well like petros said in the facts and the figures we don't know what the budget was i i think it went all on um on christopher walken's suit just to give him the elasticity to bound around on that cane 
Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with you there. But yeah, I can't, I can't see, it. especially because they were like, now we're in Tokyo, now we're in Marrakesh. I can't see there would have been a big budget. So maybe the fact that the whole, I mean, what I haven't seen the books, uh, seen the book, read the book, so I don't know. I don't know whether that's explained in the book as well, like whether、mm. the whole Hiroshi thing is talked about in the book. But yeah, I think it would have made for an interesting film and more of a better narrative for Sandy. If we'd seen that, yeah, I definitely agree. I think I, I again, like I would have liked to have seen a bit more of、uh, Sandy Hiroshi relationship.、Uh, maybe just a bit more. I don't know information on Hiroshi as well because you know he's just this mark that they have is just kind of like alluded to as this distant figure, and you know it really just uses like a. A sort of plot point, I think, to get certain characters from kind of point A to kind of point B, and then just off-screen. I think he left his wife. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think someone left their wife, and then there was a whole thing about the corporations that they're working for. There's because、uh, this, this, the two people that get sniped at the start of the film as well. They said something like, "Oh, the corporation that hired them." Also sniped them, and then I was like, I, "Oh God!" And then there was, and then there was the whole thing about the, the the synthesized virus that was killing people at the end as well. And I'm not sure there was like a DNA synthesizer that's reprogrammed a virus in a lab somewhere, and I don't know what that was about. Was that relevant to things? Was that just kind of like a thing in the backdrop? Because there's a lot. Of, I, don't, I don't know. I think just a lot of this film just felt so <laughs> extraneous, and I was like. Someone explain the virus to me. Someone explain Hiroshi to me. Someone explain this corporation and corporate espionage thing to me. Somebody explain、uh, Fox to me. Is, it, is Fox's whole thing? I think he says it, he's kind of obsessed with Hiroshi because the company Hiroshi works for is the reason why he has to use the cane. Did I make that up? Yeah, it is backbroken. I think that's a very like throwaway line we get quite early on. And the more the more we talk about it, the more the more the more even I'm I'm confused about it. But like the meds are wearing off for you, Petros. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the antibiotics are doing their thing. So yeah, there's less pain. There's less pain drugs in me today. Yeah, you gotta take the rough with the smooth. Gotta take the rough with the smooth. By the end, when we've gone through the Peter K. Remembering Things style flashback, and Defoe is in the, the I mean, the New Rose Hotel, that kind of dilapidated-looking capsule hotel, and it appears from the camera work that he's being followed as well. Is that supposed to be like the mass corporation that's after him, or is that just kind of left a bit ambiguous as well? Because someone's watching him go in. That sort of blue, sort of like Terminator vision kind of thing, and then he's just eating like a pudding or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He seemed like he was having a great time by the end of it. While、well, he was having a great time, he was rubbing himself raw. The poor, the the poor idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just oh, God, I don't know. And then like the last kind of scene, it's again. I don't, I don't have a brain. I'm all over the place with this. I'm just still thinking about my thoughts are as scattered as the goddamn credits on this. All right, I'm left. I'm right. I, I I wish that I was Christopher Walken throwing myself off that building. Jesus, because that is the only thing that made sense about this film to me. Okay, but like the, the very last scenes, like X and Sandy having that conversation in the bed, and like、uh, so, like oh, oh, if you want to walk away, just tell me, and we'll walk away. And then they want they want to marry each other, and they are in the bed and they're, they're cuddling, and then it just fucking ends. Ah,、uh, why, why? Oh, I don't get it. 
I like at this point in the minute Igraine could have just left and it's just the ramblings of a madman as he goes insane. <laughs> Igraine has left the chat. <laughs> Igraine, has left, Igraine has left the chat. All the listeners have left the episode just to leave me to yeah. my mental breakdown. Yeah. It's one of those films though, and I hate it when a film makes me feel like this, but you're watching it. And you check how long's left, and you're like, "How is there an hour still left on this film?" Oh, and this God. was one of those films that I was checking every ten minutes and being like, "Why is there still this amount of time left?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened when I got to the half hour mark. Um, is again, as I as I said a lot at the top of the episode, I you know under apparently horrible pretenses, I asked my other half to watch this, and we got to the half hour mark. I was like, "Oh, there's about an hour left," and the eye roll was audible. I can still <laughs> hear it. And I think the best way to describe it is that she fell asleep about 40 minutes in, was asleep for the rest of the film, and then when she woke up, she's like, oh, like, did I, what did I miss? Did it make any sense? And I went, um, well... And then she said, yeah, that's about what I thought. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, Christopher Walken killed himself, which sounds like I've just come out of, like, a bunker underground for about 10 years. <laughs> which is which is just how I feel about this film. But again, you know, you know, you you are the voice of reason and guiding light. I think as as compared to me here, Petros, because I've l- fucking lost it. And um, like the ending as well, like the last scene of like X and Sandy. Yeah, do you think that was kind of like a nice cap on things, or did it leave that kind of oh twisty twist for you? Well, I just think that the film is ambiguous, and that's the thing. What I was like trying to say at the beginning was i like to think and like from from reading a uh, interview with abel ferrara is oh yeah obviously this film was low budget but i think stuff was done intentionally i don't think it was like a thing of just like oh we didn't have enough money so we just like i think it's in- intentional the way it is because i know the book itself is told entirely through flashback mm. and uh <laughs> when when asked about like why didn't you do the film as flashback Abel Ferrara said, "Well, flashbacks dumb. Like, like if, if the whole film was just like if it started with him in the hotel, then it would just like you'd be like, well, there's no, there's no stakes to it. Like, mm. and yes, yeah, so, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, the film, the film is intentionally ambiguous, leaves a lot of stuff out, and I totally understand why why it's not liked by a lot of people, especially those who watched it at Venice." in 1998 i know it got an absolute like got run through the ringer at venice like laughed out of the festival and then good the box office <laughs> the box office return speaks for itself right well, it's not yeah. what twelve thousand twenty one thousand dollars it's a massive loss yeah yeah absolutely and i mean this is the thing as well you know abel Ferrara, i believe you know that uh him and defoe will be collaborating again with uh, many a time Many a time, and I, I, you back for you back for those ones, Igraine. Are you back for the? You, you're going to be our resident uh, Abel Ferrara <laughs> guest. Ah, yeah, go on. Like if you're, <laughs> if you're going to be the angel on the shoulder, I'll be the wing devil. <laughs> Just Daryl losing his mind in the middle. Oh, God, I'm not turning up for those episodes. I'm not Abel Ferrara. You think? Oh, flashbacks are dumb. You're dumb. All right, that's. I'll fight you. Uh, I mean, you know, my first... I think this is, might be the first Ferrara film I've watched without going for his Wikipedia, because I, I, I'm terrible with, with who's done what on films, but the only way is up, baby! Can I read you the title of the first ever Abel Ferrara film, ladies and gentlemen? Just, uh, Of course you can. Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy. 
I'm back, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> that kind of explains it all, really. <laughs> <laughs> that film is a porno. He started oh. his career making porno. Okay, I'm starting to see the journey here. I'm starting to see the Ferrara. No wonder I've... there was no development and no like clear plot line. Of course there wasn't. <laughs> that makes so much more sense now. Right, yeah, that makes film is starting to make sense now. Yeah, he, he he's done some de- he's, he's done some films I enjoy. Uh, Driller Killer is pretty fun. Oh, the, the video nasty kind of uh, the, the situation. Yeah. Right, okay. And, he did um, Miss Forty Five as well, didn't he? Yeah, Miss yeah. 45, and he did the original Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel as well. Ah. Oh, so, um, body a film I've got a lot of affection for. Ah, Body Snatchers. Oh, he, yeah. he also he, starred in Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy in the role of Old Man. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> good for you, Abel. Good for you. You do what you want. That was his Alfred Hitchcock-style cameo, I reckon. As the plumber who fixed the radiator, even his tools is in the background. Interesting, though. That's uh, an interesting insight into the world of Abel Ferrara. And now that's all up. Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy is all I'll be thinking about on these future Ferrara episodes as well. What a filmography. What an insane, insane man. But I think certainly with that said, I think it's... You know, on that <laughs> high note... Um, I think it's time to start wrapping up the episode. So there's a few things we have to address, a few things we've got to get down to the brass tacks of. First and foremost, we have to ask the question, does Willem Dafoe do deface? Uh, Egrain, did you clock a Dafoe deface in this one? No, not when we're like, okay, so when I think of deface, I think of Green Goblin. Like, I know I don't have <laughs> yeah. a lot to kind of compare and you know but that is like peak Defoe face mm-hmm. and I I mean there is gurning there is that kind of like wild eyed even when he's trying to do like long full and sad he still looks a bit gurney and a bit like chinny he's very chinny chin forward um, <laughs> yeah. coming from another chin forward person like he's very <laughs> chin forward um, so no he doesn't do like the face but he does a face Without the D. All right, all right. So that's uh, one no on DeFace. Petros, same question. DeFace, yay or nay? Um, he, 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 does, he does a few little things. One thing I picked up on, and I, I, I feel like it's something we need to look out for in the future, is he does this thing where he kind of like, like just ever so slightly bites his tongue and like sticks it out ever ever, ever so much like almost yeah. like when he's excited like, like a, he, he he does that in this and i'm pretty sure i've seen him do it elsewhere so i don't know maybe that is that is a an element of the face he does that the face at least like this kind of little little bitey tongue thing interesting now you mention it i've seen him do that before <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's something, yeah, we'll have to... Maybe we could take the whole anatomy of DeFace into consideration, you know? An evolving process here. I mean, on that basis, hmm... I would think... Cause I think I was going to say no, but... If we are considering the anatomy of DeFace, I might have to swing towards... Yes, there's a few tongue bites in there. And this isn't, you know, technically a face, but he he wooed at tits... It's one. It's, it's uh, <laughs> he did. He did a little face wound at their wound at breast. So I think I might give it um maybe like an, an an overly generous yes. He looks very smug with himself as well when he sucks on Ajay Argento's nipple. 
as well. It almost like looked like I don't know. Was that just a take they did? I just like it's like, like oh yeah, that that that's funny. And like Abel Fry was like, oh yeah, nipples. Yeah, let's put that in. <laughs> I I don't know what Abel Ferrara sounds like, but it was just, I, I directed Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy. That great take, Defoe. Now, I think the most important bit of business that it comes down to, um, obviously, when we discuss the films of Defoe and we give them our rating, we don't just give them your generic thumbs up or thumbs down. We give them a suitably branded DeFriend or Defoe. Now... I have a sneaking suspicion what some of us are going to say here, uh, but Egrain, to pass it to you first, New Rose Hotel, are you giving this one a friend or a foe? I'm giving it the biggest foe that ever defoed in the whole entire universe of foe. <laughs> there you go. That's my take. <laughs> Would you like to expand uh, as for why? <laughs> because I never want to watch it again. I don't think any... Like, I wouldn't... I mean, I'm that terrible person, right, that makes people watch other terrible films just so I can share the misery. So, like, there's a particular film called Verotica, and it was directed by um, one of the guys from Misfits. Glenn Danzig, right? Yeah, yeah, and it is the worst film ever. Like, (laughs) the worst. People say, like, The Room's the worst film with Tommy Wiseau, and I'm like, absolutely not. You have not seen Verotica. Um, And I inflict that on other people. But I wouldn't even inflict New Rose Hotel on other people. Right, so we're saying, if you're thinking about watching New Rose Hotel, watch Verotica instead? Yes, absolutely. That would be the best, the best thing to do. Right, I think that's going to be the chaser to this one. Petros... You know the drill, the friend or the foe. I'm going to be a cat amongst the pigeons, baby. I'm I'm defriending this. I'm def- I'm defriending it. I I I think it's something I'm going to revisit in the future. Christ. <laughs> when you're next high on your drugs, <laughs> and you're like, couple- I need something to put on while I'm on my happy pills. Yeah, well, so a couple of couple of a couple of codeine tabs down. Couple, yeah. couple, couple of tabs of codeine. <laughs> I, I want you to watch this though, like completely off meds though, and come crawling Once. back in the season one wrap up episode and apologise to me. <laughs> like not even you're not even allowed to drink a coffee, so you're not allowed to have like even a caffeine. Right? You've got to watch it dead sober. Yeah, I will. I will, I, I will program this in for a time when I can wake up. First thing I do is just put it on. Do you know what I mean, not even a, not even a cigarette has entered my lungs. Once I'm, once my tooth has been removed, and I'm kind of I'm, I'm, I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that for you guys, and I'll, I'll report back if I was this was a uh, a, a foolish endeavour to give it a friend. But I'm sticking with it for the time being. I respect it. I respect your commitment to the bit, but I am waiting on that apology. Um, <laughs> but for me. In case it wasn't clear, um, I, this this has got to be a Defoe for me as well. I suppose, interestingly, I think the, f- the the first time on the podcast that you and I, Petros, have disagreed on our rating for, a, uh, for an episode as well. So history has been made either way here today. But <laughs> uh, yeah, the film it just made little sense to me. And, you know, I, I'm all for, for films doing, you know, as I said, stylistic choices and playing with ambiguity and um, Defoe jerking himself into oblivion. That's all fine. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, I ain't going to tell you how to live your lives, but it started out by not making sense. It continued to not make sense. And then it finished by, by not making sense. 
Um, I might bump up my letterbox rating from one and a half stars to two because the more I think about it, the funnier Christopher Walken killing himself gets. Jesus. <laughs> Look, that's where I am, and I'll apologise for nothing. Listeners are going to think we're such terrible people, but like <laughs> like you said, you have to seek out this scene. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> we're not terrible. I mean, I am. I'm, we're not terrible people, okay? <laughs> it is just that funny. Whoa, stop the press. Uh, Verotica has got a higher rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes than this film. Let's go. That's all I need. (laughs) need, Please, let's just do, like, I don't know, a random podcast episode, like, where we just discuss Verotica. (laughs) Yes, please. Patreon, baby. Here we go. (laughs) Once once we start the, uh, the Patreon up. Um, in the back carriages of the Defoe commotion train, where we go for the deep cuts, um, we will talk about Verotica. But there we go. Uh, two Defoes to one the friend. You know what? Uh, what? What? What more is there to say? It is a. Uh, it is split the room. This uh, new Rose <laughs> Hotel. It is split the room, right here. But on that, um, you know, decisive note, it is time to start wrapping up our business here today and it's left to say uh, egrain so sorry but also thank you for taking the time to watch new rose hotel with us uh, we do sincerely appreciate it for the listener uh, where can we find you um, on the uh, the socials the interwebs and all that such business as well you can find me um yeah podcast any podcast platforms spotify google apple the water scream horror movie podcast as well as my other podcast which is movies murder and mayhem which is all about true crime and the true stories behind horror films <laughs> and you can also find me on twitter at what underscore scream instagram at what a scream and you can find my writings and my musings on uh, sites like moving pictures film club ghouls magazine dread central um film in dublin etc etc amazing again thank you so much all the links down in the description as per usual but it's time for us to close the door on new rose hotel once and for all and we finish up by saying i've been daryl i've been petros i've been a grain and we've been getting to foe you magic that's the one thank you very much and there we go there we have it we've checked out of the new rose hotel and even still now i'm not really sure i'm not really sure what that film was there was defoe whacking off in a little pod there was christopher walken yeeting himself a moment in cinema history so i will never let die one of my favorite things i've ever seen you say those things like they're things you should not enjoy in a film there, that's cinema, baby. That's what you want. That's what you want from cinema. Yeeting and whacking off. Yeah. If, if there's anything I want for a film, if they, if they, if they're on, if they, if that's in the uh, description, I'm watching, baby. <laughs> Maybe there's a way to combine both of those things: being yeeted and whacked off of things at the same time. Maybe that's. This is the extreme niche that I'm going for with my <laughs> <laughs> with my cinematic viewing going forward but yeah i think i think something that we can't avoid i think a note of a notable de elephant in the room uh and we'll go down in history is the first time we've disagreed on our derating as well 
it's I think it's going to be a first of many. Daryl, people, people, people are not privy to this, but there is there is a director that looms large over this endeavour. We will not we will not utter the name yet. We will wait till we get to that director's oh, yes. films. But we have we have discussed privately that I'm a massive fan of a certain director, and you you wouldn't spit on the man if he were on fire. By the sounds of it, so yeah, I, I, I feel like there are there are many disagreements to come. But I'm I'm glad we got we 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 had one in nice and early in the in the first season. It would uh it'd be disingenuous if we were just like holding hands skipping around the maypole <laughs> of willem defoe going oh it's all lovely and great and don't we get along like life's not like that we 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 we, we, we appreciate we 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 feel different things about different things and that's oh, yeah. it's a wonderful way to live we're all just human beings vibing out here so you know some people may be thinking it was just going to be straight agreements for the season but in comes the episode seven curveball within a, a disagreement on New Rose Hotel. Um, if there'd been more yeeting off of stairs for no reason whatsoever, I may have changed my viewpoint on this one, but as it stands, it stands. So there we go. Uh, New Rose Hotel, we've checked in, we've checked out, we're putting the hotel in the rear view mirror, which leaves me to ask you know, Petros, what have we got coming up next week on Getting to Foe You? Well, next week, we are joined by Sean Alexander of the Fantastic Civico podcast to discuss the 2020 political drama, the last thing he wanted. Oh, it's a, it's a fun one. And not, not, to, not, to, not to spoil anything, but there is talks of yeeting in in that one as well and it's 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 another film set in 1984 which draws us back to um to live and die in la it's kind of reagan era set so even within this season we're getting nice little kind of things nice little threads that are that are wrapping wrapping up together and um yeah speaking of threads that's one place you can find us on the socials oh yes it is yes so you can find us on all the socials threads TikTok, Instagram, X, question mark, um, <laughs> at Defoe Pod, or if, uh, what team are you in? Are you team Petros on this one? Are you team Daryl? Are you Defriend Defoe on New Rose Hotel? We would love to hear from you long form in an email, which is Pod at gmail.com. Absolutely. So we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us. There's always room on the Defoe commotion train for um, everyone to get involved and let us know your thoughts on the episodes, the movies, and all things Defoe as well. Of course, this podcast wouldn't be where it is without our delightful editor, um, Mr. Matt Dixon. He's the one who shows us to our hotel room. He's tucked us into our hotel beds all nice and tight. He's put a nice little morning after mint chocolate on there as well it's going to get a delightful five star review on google and TripAdvisor from me and thank you for it as ever being the backbone um the most premier in of editors uh the most other hotel reference of editors thank you <laughs> I've, I've i've quickly run out of hotels and lost well, confidence in the analogy but matt your editing stands head and shoulders above the rest 
without Matt, we'd just be yeeting ourselves into the void of the podcast landscape and probably falling flat on our faces. So, <laughs> as always, Matt, thank you for, for for talking us off of the of the metaphorical ledge. Thank you very much, as ever. So, with that said, with that done, we wrap up. We wrap up. We wrap up. So, thank you for listening. We will see you next week as we continue to cover all the highs, all the lows, and all things Willem Dafoe right here on Getting Dafoe You. So until then, until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Getting Dafoe You, getting to know all about Willem. Getting to like you by watching all your films. Getting to foe you, we'll start with Heaven's Gate And we'll watch them all till the present day